What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're breaking on UFC Vegas 75 for Tory versus Cannon here. And as always, go down, like, and subscribe, comment your thoughts on this car. We do want to hear them. And uh, these are your hosts. I'm Paul Pick and Wyndham Concha, and I'm joined with. Hey, man, you already know it's Kev Waterboy Savoy, a.k.a. the Dom P.Y.E., a.k.a. the realest motherfucker on your screen. And I'm not going to lie to you, Paul. I love this car. This shit had everything you needed. It had finishes. It had motherfucking, it had chaos, pandemonium. It had motherfucking, it had a robbery. Um, there was a, some people were saying that um there was a robbery, and then motherfucking it had the refs fucking up like it had everything you needed. You had Dominic Cruz proving his point. That, that shit is crazy. Like for the Dominic Cruz and Dominic Cruz, we gonna respect him as a professional because he de- he definitely could have chewed bread out for that one. But he was just like, nah, we gonna keep it moving. But what you want to talk first, man? I know you people, you peeped your cousin Zach Pog Pog Pog. I always forget how to say his last name. Bruh, is this is why the people laugh at the Ultimate Fighter? Because it's like the Zach Pogba losing and Muhammad Usman, I I think he won the last fight, did he? I can't even remember. But it's just like these are the like these are like fighters at this point where people are just gonna keep making fun of. Juliana Miller. Juliana Miller. It's just like I don't know. Like it's just not looking good for the brand, Dana. It doesn't look good for the brand. These are damn near PFL level guys. Yeah, I respect. That. I'm not gonna lie though; they got some hitters on this season. I will say that, but we'll talk about that when we talk Ultimate Fighter shit. But they got like the people that fought this week: Trevor Wells and um the Dagestani dude. Like they got some hitters. Like, and then it's also all former prospects. All former. It's all prospects and former vets. So like people that fight in the UFC. So they got some hitters. I just think they got to get this stuff figured out because they. They're still hoping that this is. They're still playing it like this is on Spike or something. Like, nah, homie, this is ESPN. Like, let's let's go ahead and take it up. A Big money. Times. But so Zach Pogba lost unanimous decision. Now on to fight number two: Ronnie Lawrence versus Dan Argetta. No contest. Did you see the? Um, did you see this one, Paul? I I didn't see the fight. I did see the clip though of the. The, when the ref moved, Keith Peterson literally moves his hand, forces him to hit back, basically. And in the moment he taps the back, Keith Peterson calls it a submission. Yeah, that was terrible. So my my um the way I saw this fight was like, okay, it would be different. It would be different if it wasn't that um. It would be different if it wasn't that big um. It would be different if it, like. Bro wasn't losing the first round. So, like, he lost the first round. So, he was already losing the fight in the sense. And then you get the – Bro gets the submission. He gets – he grabs him in the guillotine. He's holding him down, holding him down. And I don't think the position would have changed. Like, I think if Keith Peterson just gave that bitch an extra 10, 15 seconds, the fight would have been called. But, but the thing was, I also don't know if Keith Peterson is all the way wrong. That's the thing because – the reason why he put the hand, he went to go to see if bro was still awake. We didn't know if bro was still alive in there. So motherfucking, it's a tough one. Um, It's a tough one. So, like, I just want to know, who do you think gets the fight bonus? Well, with the way how some of these people be complaining about UFC pay, I don't think either one of them gets the fight bonus. 
That's crazy. You don't think you don't think Dana's like, all right, man, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you, I got you with the fight. Bonus. Homie that was winning, I think he might get the fight bonus because, like you said, like he was looking pretty dominant. It wasn't like oh, it was like a Nick and Pranak fight. It was kind of like he was winning on the feed and takes him down and then gets in the guillotine. And yeah, you can argue second and third round, but the way it was looking was it might not have went a second or third round. So like I probably would have gave it to a homeboy who had the guillotine submission. I would have gave him my uh, the bonus. Yeah, our ghetto is a problem, man. But I respect it. But Keith Peterson, that was a bad move. And I respect him for calling it because I feel like a lot of both wrestling have called it. Herb Dean would have licked him up and show ass like you got choked out anyways, bro. Get the fuck out of my face. No facts. But what's it called, man? We talking cost the next? Yeah, let's get into it. Oh. And this is Knuckles and Max, Bourbon and Bud. Shout out Bourbon and Bud MMA podcast. Jimmy Flick is one of, I think, the first UFC fighter they had on for an interview. So, like, they're riding Jimmy Flick heavy. But, boy, did it look bad. Wait, before we get into, um, before we get into that, that's my bad. Is it Hong Kong? We, we got to talk Kong, but also... Right. Kong was a demon. Carlos Hernandez getting that unanimous decision was nice because he was th- he was throwing hands. He was giving bro hands. I didn't know that he was a hitter like that. The fight stayed on the feet most of the time, even though they both went from two takedowns. Each he, they both got two takedowns, but like 108 total strikes, 102. Two thirty twenty sevens. Yeah, like he fucked bro up. I wasn't ready for that. He, I'm low key. I'm low key keeping an eye on bro, but Kong. Wait, how you say his name? Key? I don't know how to say his first name, so I'm not going to disrespect him with that. But Ho Kang, I think that's his – Ho Kang for the cocaine. Homeboy got the <laughs> knockdown. After getting the knockdown, he showed, oh, I'm going to have some fun with it. Like, I'm gonna, now I'm going to submit you. I'm going to take your back, get the neck, rear naked choke his ass. But, like, Bantamweight just keeps getting more and more fun. Like, Jit really had the hands and he had the submission. Nah, definitely. And, you know, a rear naked choke is classic. And he's just, he was just waiting for him to give him his neck. All right. Now you can get into Costa and the ass whooping he laying on Jimmy Flick. Oh, my God. So, first off, Jimmy Flick, stay blessed, man. We hope, we're still hoping for the best. Salute, the brother. We, we want everybody out here training in Florida to win. So, that way we can start, we can start taxing niggas and saying, like, yo, bro, Florida is the best MMA state. So, we would love to see our Florida fighters keep winning. But Costa is a fucking problem. He hit this man with at least 108 elbows to win this fucking fight. No 12 and 60s, which was crazy. But it was bad. I mean, it looked like Jimmy Flick was trying to do something in the first round, like staying alive. But, like, he could have – Costa could have finished it in the first, too. Like, I'm first in the first, a minute into the second. This this fight was fucking vicious. Yeah, and Costa, former Lux – fighting league champion. But his big thing for me is he hasn't lost uh, – he has one loss, and it's to and, – and his one loss in UFC is to Amir Abazi, who we just saw fight Kai Kara France, which was basically like the interim belt damn near for that division of flyweight. But his one loss is to Abazi. That's not a bad loss. And other than that, he hasn't lost since 2018, former Lux champion, so, like, him showing out that, like, okay, yeah, I got knocked out by Abazi, who just fought Kai Kaikar France, two top five level guys. 
and he basically write that wrong for me kind of thing like okay you just showed to everyone i'm not just a middle of pack fighter like i'm a world level fighter yeah i got a loss to one other world level fighter but you put me in a cage against somebody like this this is the results you're gonna get guys alhamdulillah <laughs> alhamdulillah but from one elbow to the other elbow Manuel Torres with the fucking first round minute and fifty second elbow that's that sent how do you say it? Nicolas Mota to the shadow round. That elbow was I want I think arguably that's up there for KO the year. That's like how clean it was and vicious it was. Wait, time out, time out. I can't remember which one was the UTD. The what? There was a unanimous technical decision in this fight, and I was like Oh, it was um Hernandez when he got the oh that's what I meant to bring up. The for the card for the um Hernandez fight. Carlos Hernandez. So he pretty much I don't know if you've seen it on the page. But this is how the fight ended. He got he got the knockout with one minute left. Oh, with literally the one second left going into the buzzer beater, yes. And they called it because they bumped heads on the way down. Uh, on the way down, so they called it a unanimous technical decision. At four minutes and fifty nine seconds in the third round, a unanimous decision. Bro, I've never even heard that. No, it was unanimous technical decision because they called because of the headbutt. They took it. The, they took out the KO, so he didn't get the performance of the night for that. Um, because that would have been a crazy knockout. Yeah, both of them. That's why I said from one elbow to the next elbow, because both of them were those bows were vicious. Him on the top game and Torres from the stand up. Nah, dead ass. But nah, motherfucking. But back to um Torres, that definitely is my KO of the year so far. Because it was the way how smooth he was, the fact that he waited for um, the fact that he waited for it, waited for bro to walk in and just boom. Out of nowhere and immediately just killed him. Immediately took him to the sent him to the shadow room. But it's gonna be hard for KO to year this because I, I that one's up there. Izzy Piera's up there. Rob Font Yanez on the same card is up there. And then Phil Rowe, like two fights ago. That remember when I sent you the video of the guy who felt like a sack of potatoes just dropped. That was a Phil Rowe knockout. That's a, like there's a couple knockouts that are just so like damn. It's gonna be kind of hard this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's, maybe that might not be. There's probably gonna be a couple of them, but that was my favorite knockout for sure. It's it definitely so they're, they're all in the nominations right now. Be happy you're all nominated. They all nominated. There it goes. But now that was a pretty crazy, and it was so early in the fight, and I think that was what kind of set the tone for the rest of this card. I was like, oh, this card's been a banger. Like once I saw that, I was like, oh, this is some crazy ass shit. Then the next fight, I got a question. The Pat Sabatini versus Lucas Almeida fight, where it went two rounds in a minute and 48 seconds before Sabatini got the arm triangle choke for submission win. But Almeida threw a total of five strikes for two rounds, like a round and some change in the second round. Was this more on support? Uh, so Sabatini just dominating him. He couldn't strike, or is this more of Almeida was just not throwing? Because I'm just I didn't watch the fight. I just see the numbers, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Five total strikes. This went to the second round. Yeah, Almeida was not going. Um, Sabatini was not going for none of that. That boy Sabatini's a gangster. 
So Sabatini basically just dog walked him for a whole round and a half. Yeah, that shit wasn't even close. Whew, that yeah, I see right now. So they fought for a total of six minutes and forty eight seconds. Sabatini had six minutes and twenty seven seconds control time. That's insane. That is absolutely nutty. That's just crazy, man. And then and then he got the arm triangle. So I like arm triangles so nice because it's just like, bitch, who told you to lay down here? Time to go. Who thought you was safe? Nah, for real. But to brush past the next fight, I heard a lot of people lost money. I would have been people if I had bet on Christian Leroy Duncan losing by unanimous decision. I was hyping up Duncan. Like, he was supposed to be this all-flair fun prospect, but he looked like all-flair but no results type of fighter. Like, he was trying to do – he did some spinning back kick and then started walking backwards towards the guy. And uh, like, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you – I don't know, but that was something – he was doing something different. Something different. That's all I can say. I mean, Armin Petrosian, he's a not bad. Definitely had to keep my eye on, bro, now. But, yeah, everybody had a lot of money on CLD, and, like, a lot of people lost money that night. Yeah, it wasn't even close, like, oh, bad decision. It was like, no, Petrosian won two rounds for sure, arguably 30-27 to your ass. Nah, dead ass. I thought it was a 37, but I'm also agreeing like that. And, then, and then we had Armin Saryukian. Both the Armins got dubbed. But this one was kind of interesting because, like, yes, he got the KO. Yes, it was vicious. But Silva, Silva looked at early round. Silva caught him a couple times. Like, it wasn't the same Armin Saryukian that's been a buzzsaw. So it was just kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, Silva definitely. I mean, Silva's wrestling wasn't bad in this fight either. Like, I feel like he, um, yeah, there's only, well, nine minutes of control time. It's a lot. But in the beginning, I feel like he was trying to fight the bitches and he wasn't going for it. But Sarukin, I mean, and I look at, so he took the fight on short notice. Nobody else wanted to fight Armin Sarukin. Like, I respect it. I respect that he did things. And now because he wobbled, bro, it makes you ask the question, like, is he really, um, How's that? What's Armin's um, chin looking like? Because if he can wobble you, what the fuck are you going to do when you run into like a motherfucking. This is lightweight, right? Yeah, what if you run into fucking. Um, Rafael Vasiv. Yeah, oh my gosh. What if you run into a uh, Justin. Um, That's the, the highlight real Gaethje. What if you run into Benil Daruish? What if you run. Like, there's some heavy hitters fucking. And Dustin Poirier. Can never forget about him. Michael Chandler yeah. even got heavy hands. I think Darius and him is the next fight to make. But I love the fact that he finished this fight because he was on top of bro trying to get it. <laughs> Fucking bro up. But um, yeah, I like the fact that he was able to finish this fight. But Sarukian, he got some hitters that he had. There's so many hitters in lightweight. And I'm starting to really like taking my gas pedal off abandoned weight. Like lightweight really is the premier division in the UFC. Like there's just so many motherfucking problems in that. And I think it's always going to be bigger market-wise just because 155 is just like your average Joe. You know, there's a lot of 155ers just walking around Earth. And then you can you can relate to these world champions like, damn, I, I can do that. And I think it's the perfect balance, too, because like 185 is still kind of like you're, when you get to 185, you're like really big. So like you're kind of more giant. There are people like Marvin Vittori and I'm fast. But like 
when you get down to like 130 band weight, 135, you're like, oh, these guys are like small. There's a lot of like technical shit going on. That 155 is that beautiful balance. 155 and 170, they're that beautiful Perfect balance. Perfect blend. Yep, of strength and speed. I think for the for the um, for the top featherweights is the same thing, but they're just the perfect balance of strength and speed. So yeah, we love the lightweights, but Sarukian has to really. I mean, he didn't put on a bad performance even slightly, but it's just like, oh, he got to go ready, come in his motherfucker ready to wreck some shit. Sarukian's also very young, like so. That's another thing that helps him a lot. Is like his his losses are. One of his losses is to Islam. The other one's to Gamrot, where a lot of people thought he beat, but Gamrot was just fighting in the top five. So, and then his other loss was two years, his second fight in um, MMA uh, pro. So, like, can't hold that against him too much. So, like, he can get better over time, and he, he might have one of those runs where, like, yeah, he might have to wait out some of the tougher dogs at the top right now, but I think if he plays the long game, he could be champion in a couple of years. Like, because I think once Islam steps away or Oliveira steps away, and he gets some of the things down packed, I think he could still beat a Poirier, an older Poirier, an older Gaethje, an old uh, Rafael Vasiev will also be coming to his own. So that would be good to see. Like him and him and Vasiev could really be the future of this division. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like that. I feel like there's still gonna be hitters in the back because you still got people like Matt Fabola. You got like motherfuckers in the cut, like all. Uh, all Patty. Yeah, Matt Favola. Um, <laughs> if I see Patty, I, next time I see Patty fight, I want to see him fight like Ilya Taporia at a different weight. At let make Ilya Ilya come up to um, come up to feather, come up to light. I need to see a fat Patty at heavyweight. Oh wow! Against who? Francis Ngannou. Yeah, PFL Super League. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's fucking crazy. But on to this, to the main event. You was right, Kev. You was right. You uh, was right. You was right. I was wrong. After the I, first round, I was feeling pretty good. The first round, I was feeling pretty good. And then the ass whooping express said 2 2. Nah, dead ass. You know what made me really pick Kenny there? Was that. We, out of all these fights, nobody's ever brought up his age. Like, when he fought Izzy, nobody brought up his When he fought Derek Brunson, nobody brought up his age. When he fought Izzy, nobody brought up his age. When he fought motherfucking Sean Stricker, nobody brought up his age. One of the big key factors that made me stay away from Vittori, even though I was leaning towards Vittori when it comes to, like, my fight IQ, but I was like, nah, because I've never, I, we never questioned some question. Cannoneer's age. We never questioned the Cannoneer's age once. So, like, why are we starting now? So, like, that's what really made me kind of, like, lean towards Cannoneer. The amount of motherfuckers I was going against Vittorio, I'm like, yo, this is a close fight. Like, there's a chance. But Cannoneer taught us otherwise. Breaking, for breaking a motherfucking middleweight record for um significant strikes landed with, um what do you do, like, 214 or something like that? 241. Sheesh! Damn, I'm dyslexic as fuck. But sheesh, two forty one, and like it, it was heavy strikes. Like sending him wobbling, sending him to the cage, stunning him. Like the strikes that really would have put a lesser man down. Nah, dead eyes. And shout out to Marvin Vittori because like 
I've been telling everybody his chin has to be made out of like titanium and like grade A Italian leather. Like this shit is crazy. The fact that you can survive the punishment from that, like Rob Whitaker was crazy, but that punishment right there is insane because it looks like there are points of time where it looked like when Marvin was fighting back after the third round, when Marvin was fighting back and shit. There were points in time that it looked like Cannoneer was taking more damage, but not really. It was just that Marvin's chin just does not move. I, I would love to do a deep dive and research on what the fuck is this man made out of. This is a fight that if you have a buddy who doesn't watch UFC and you want to get him into it, and you want to show him recent fighters, like this is a fight right here. This one right here was like, because Marvin shot one takedown and got it, controlled for 30 seconds, got back up. And that was it. Like my dog Cannonier shot three of them bitches and got all three of them. Like, and he got some control time, but outside, but the stand, like I remember after the first round, like damn, like okay, Vittori looked good. He kind of already, he's already showing like he uh, he can connect on some punches. Like if he can connect on the stand up, it might be a long day for Cannonier. But I don't know what happened after that round because second round Cannonier lands like. One strike that probably should have knocked him out. Another strike that wobbles him to the cage. Another. It was like, I was really watching, like, okay, when's Vittori going down? Oh, he's not going down. Oh, he's swinging back. Oh, like, he he, he looks like he's better now. Okay, and you're hitting him again. Oh, oh. Like, it was, like, all that for a lot of these rounds. I was like, bro, like, every time Ken here landed, it was a potential night-night Vittori. But Vittori's just cut different. I don't know. It's Italian. I don't know what it is, but that, it, Max always still has the best chin, but Vittori's knocking on the door of who has the best chin. Now, I think I think he's, Vittori is one blockhead motherfucker. Right. Yeah, I respect Vittori to the point. He gained a lot of my respect. And that's another thing. He, when he loses, he gains my respect. I don't know how that works. Because, like, against the Whitaker, I feel like he earned my respect. And in this fight, he earned my respect. But Cannoneer, this game plan he had of just being honest, and especially after losing to Izzy the way he did, he felt like he was kind of scared. Like, he didn't do an Aldana approach, but he was doing, like, an Aldana. He didn't really let them things go like that. If he keeps coming with this, um, he's moving faster than ever. He's getting his footwork right. Motherfucking, oh, man. If he can do this, and he can, like, um, if he can get a couple, I think if he gets one more win, I think he's one win away from a champ from another championship on fight, and if he can get another win and he continues improving his game plan like this and just staying active, throwing a bunch of punches, letting them go, and then also still saying like, "Yo, I can take you down too if we need to get to the ground," because he took him down with some really nice double leg takedowns. Sign so, me like, up for the Whitaker and Canier rematch. Last time they fought, it was a co-main event of Nurmega Medoff and Justin Gaethje. So they only fought for three rounds. 29-28 was all three of the scorecards, and Whitaker knocked him down once. But the significant strikes, Whitaker, 69 of one, sixty-nine of 151 versus Kanyer, 53 of 89. Kanyer was a, a, got knocked down, of course, but also Whitaker shot two takedowns. They didn't get those takedowns. I think that there's, there's like no both of these fighters really have nowhere to go because they both lost to Izzy at this point in their career, and at, and at this point I think you just sign me up for both of them fighting each other, interim belt. Fuck it. This mess an interim belt. 
Now, I like the idea. I don't know what the UFC got cooking right now because they're betting a lot of money on Drickus beating Robert Whitaker, which I doubt. There's no but, fucking way Dana White is betting his money on that, bro. But that's what it looks like from the outside looking at Izzy wants to fight Drickus. They we don't. It's not that we don't want to see the Izzy Rob three, but we're just like, don't don't waste it because there's not gonna be no Izzy Rob four. But right. if if Rob does win and like you said, the UFC doesn't want to make it that fight. Let's say Rob does win, and I could see them being like, we still don't want to make that fight yet. You have to go beat Kanye, who's coming off a win. But you know, Izzy likes to stay active. But I think Izzy wants to fight in um in um September at um in Australia. So who would he fight? You know what they say when you being great, it's a gift and a curse. Yeah, it's great. I think it's like I think this is wide open because the middleweight is wide open right now. Because people were even talking about um. Chris Weidman, if you were to string a couple of wins together, they might try to be like, oh, yo, because you know how they like to feed the old to the, um, to the young. So Chris be like that. Weidman? No. Yeah. No, nah, they, they dig it deep right they said, now. They said, they, said, they said if Chris Weidman were to string a couple of wins together, two or three, hey, man, they might that shit might sound like, yo, that shit will sound good, the guy that beat Anderson Silva. Right, give me fucking Anderson Silva on the Mayweather undercard, string a couple wins together, and let him fight Izzy before you give me Chris Weidman, bro. I oh, don't know, man. Chris Weidman versus Izzy. People are hyping up the return of Chris Weidman, so maybe I just have to, I haven't looked into much of it, but they are hyping it up, so I don't know. And you know how Dana White is of the old, old former champion? Why don't you fight a new champion? Well, fucking... Everything comes around full circle, bro. Like, if Yoel Romero wins the belt for Bellator, cross-promote, get the rematch, and tell both of them, y'all got to throw more than 10 strikes this fight. And let them right the wrongs of their first fight. Let them go out there and just dogfight it out for fucking five rounds and cross-promote it. That, if I was promoting, that would be my thing. I was going to say, I don't know who wants to tell him, but he just lost that fight. <laughs> Oh, he did lose Dan. Never right. mind. He lost that bitch on Friday. He lost that bitch on Friday. No, then fuck it. Let him sign up back. You, Dan, I sent him a contract. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, anybody in the middleweight division has to fight Hamza. But my thing with Hamza is like Hamza hasn't sounded like he really because Whitaker said he's ready for like Whitaker was like okay, I'll fight him, and then like that kind of like you you didn't hear him bring up Whitaker's name again. Mm-hmm. And then, because they said Jared Cannonier, they asked Jared Cannonier, would you um, would you be willing to welcome Hobbs out to the division? And immediately he said, would that get me a chance, a title shot? If he gets me a title shot, then I'll do it. If not, then it has nothing to do with me. And I was like, that was a gangster answer, but, like, nobody's taking that fight. So this Nobody. is the current UFC middleweight rankings. Out of champ Izzy, number one ranked Alex Piera, who is, everyone knows is moving out. Robert Whitaker, who the UFC does not feel or want to make another fight for them. Marvin Vittori, who's already lost both his fights. Driguez Duplessis, which is maybe the saving grace for this fucking division and ratings for this division. Paulo Costa, once again, not a fight that the UFC wants to make again. Sean Strickland, who lost his last fight to Canadier. Roman Delazzi, who lost his last fight to um 
Then he lose to fucking Sean Strickland. No, who the fuck did uh, Roman Delazzi? He lost to somebody. Derek Brunson, who he's gone, he's done. And then Jack Hermanson, who's a fraud. Kelvin Gastium, who just said he's probably moving up or moving down. He's moving weight classes. He's not even going to continue to fight at middleweight anymore. Nasadine Emovov, the France guy, maybe, but he's still, he's ranked 12. He's 12. He's still two, three fights away from that. And then Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen, another guy who maybe, but again, he's a couple, he has to go beat Bruno Silva next, this weekend coming up. So like, that's the fucking division right now. And it's like, it's hard to even talk about any of those fights versus Izzy. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, he's gonna have to fight somebody again. Fuck it. I think Dan is just gonna have to fucking yank that leash on his ass. It's like, you fucking fight when we tell you to fight. All right, we don't have a fight for you. Drake is lost. Drake has got murder against Robert Whitaker. Take it up with Whitaker. It ain't our fault. <laughs> That's real shit, man. But we'll see what the future of the 185 um, weight class has, man. But that card, that was the card, man. It was a great motherfucking card. I'm great enjoyed itself. Motherfucking on for the tough for tough episode four. That shit was a vibe. Trevor Wells versus Timur Valiev. He's um he's from um he's Timur is um a former he's eighteen and three former pros former um former fighter in the UFC. And it's not like he he lost he went. Two one and one. He lost his last fight, and they just didn't renew his contract. So I'm guessing they probably thought he was boring or something. But he beat Trevor Wells, the dude that um couldn't um couldn't um. That name sounds very familiar. He's a prospect on um Team McGregor. He couldn't fight because he had that um, cold sore. So he beat Trevor Wells or Herpes, what um Romeo Mack would say. But he beat Trevor Wells in a very close fight. Trevor Wells was next. Like Trevor Wells was really punching him and going back and forth with him, not less staying down on the wrestling. It was a pretty. This was a pretty good episode. I liked the fight. Um, there wasn't too much talking. There's not enough. There's not enough Connor and Michael Chandler beef. And you would think they really don't like each other, but they just be chilling. But um, it was pretty good. But that was that episode four. That's been probably one of my favorite episodes so far. My favorite part was the fucking the fights to get on the show. That shit was crazy. Oh no no no! I'm lying! I'm lying! I'm lying! I'm thinking of a different, um, different, a tough season. But um, hell yeah! But that was the, that was the card, UFC Vegas Fight Night seventy five. We learned Cannonier can throw the motherfucking hands. Marvin Vittori has a motherfucking chin, and Keith Peterson might suck. <laughs> but. This has been a Totally Blitz Podcast. We appreciate you for tuning into our Friday Night Fight Club. I'm in, my name is Kev Waterboy Savoy. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pick and William Concha. And we got to make some moves, so we're going to catch y'all later. But before we go, don't forget that you's a bitch.